The home video update is sponsored by you. Yes, you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash home video update to join as a patron to unlock exclusive membership benefits. Thank you for supporting the home video update. Hey guys, it's Mike. This is um, the 22nd of the 10th, uh, just after 9.30 in the morning. Um, I'm back. Um, I never intend to actually not be back. I always intend to um, like record these weekly. Um, I've worked something like 60, 70 hours this last week. I don't get days off, really. I get a few hours here or there, which I've actually fallen asleep watching lots of movies because um my job is pretty much like a 6 a.m till 10 p.m sort of thing so um i didn't get a lot of time and because i wanted to devote the much time as possible to the podcast and actually try and get it right um especially with patrons out there who are being patient waiting for me um i've tried to sort of watch some stuff for like content reasons for like how what i've been watching and also you know, not do it like half falling asleep. I'm kind of awake now. Um, I've got to go to work in a bit. Um, I don't get days off at the minute, which sucks. Um, but please bear with me. I'm going to try and keep it to a weekly schedule. I know that's sort of falling apart, um, but it's not going to be permanent. Um, I'm hiring up new people, trying to get people trained and plug gaps and not work all the shifts that are imaginable because uh, I don't get paid for any overtime, which sucks even more because I'd be doing quite well and buy more Blu-ray discs. And the awning's already started, so that's a good thing. This is my second time trying to record this. I've had technical issues, um, which really doesn't help. So it's all beginning. So going to get straight into what we've been watching. Um, open range. Um, I said before on another podcast, I bought the um, Italian disc that comes in the weird cardboard box. Um, like really weird eco packaging. It's terrible. I need to get hold of someone or something with a really good color printer and print off something and do like a proper like disc release, um, like box and ray box of it because it's shocking and it's going to scratch the disc. It's just going to little black paper sleeve. Um, I've always had Copa Rage. I remember going to see it um, on a training course somewhere with some people and they knew me as like the movie guy. Like I was all about movies. So they, we wanted to go to the cinema one night because they were tired of going to the pub and tired of spending too much money. So they said, oh, we'll go watch a film. I'm like, yeah, fine, we'll go watch a film. And I can't remember what was out. It was some weird, shitty kids film. I seem to remember that was a thing. Like, it was a really bad kids film was one of the options. But I can't remember which one it was. Is whenever Open Range came out. So whatever kids films came out around that time... Um, and that was like the big thing and it was sold out. Um, I wouldn't have watched it anyway, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so they said, oh, what can we go and see that starts now? 
Um, so we looked at what was coming out and what was in the cinemas and just sort of looked around and thought, well, what's on, what's starting now or starting recently. And the one I'd heard about either through like reviews or just loving like Costner films or Costner Westerns in general, I said, well, Open Range looks good. Um, I want to see Open Range. That's the one I would go and see, but I don't think you guys would like it. Um, and they went, oh, no, no, we'll go and see it if you think it looks good because you're the film guy. And I'm like, you won't like it. You will not like Open Range. I guarantee it's going to be about three and a half hours long and it's going to be three hours of nothing. And then um, apparently the gunfight at the end's good. So, you know, that that's all I knew about it. And sure enough, I sat there entranced, enthralled, loving it. And the, the gunfight comes. Uh, oh, my God. It blew me away. The audio mixing the staging, the direction. It's gorgeous. It's such a good film. And they came out absolutely bored and said it was the worst film they've ever seen. All of them hated it. But these were people, and I've been 23 then, and I think they were like younger people, like 17s, 18s, maybe a few older, but they're all sort of hip, cool kids, and they did not get open range at all. Um, the disc is fine. It's an older master, but it's actually HD. Um, the version for, I think, one of one films in the UK is pointless because it's only got a stereo soundtrack, and I think it's 1080i. This is 1080p. It does have German titles on the, well, German text on the title. So when it comes, it says open range, it says the German title as well. Energy drinks already going in. Um, the sound is amazing, obviously. Um, that that gunfight is insane. I'd turned down quite a bit, um, but it sounded amazing, and I would recommend picking up especially for the Americans who are... Uh, I don't know why Americans aren't that fond of importing on the whole. Um, I know people like, you know, Spencer, Will, um, because he knows, you know, the best versions aren't always released in America or released at all. Um, but that's why I've imported stuff since, like, latest days, because the UK stuff wasn't as good as the American stuff, so you'd always import whatever was best. Um, then I watched Joe Johnson's The Wolfman. Um, this is me going to spooky season. I always try every Halloween to watch a Halloween-y spooky movie every single... Well, the cat just made a massive noise and scared the shit out of me, so that's fun. Um, yeah, um, a spooky film every single day in Halloween. So one every day um, for 31 days. And um, yeah, it's not going that well because of working so much and everything else. So it's... Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult. Um, but I did watch Joe Johnson's The Wolfman. Um, not a scary, scary film. I saw it in the cinema, which is obviously a theatrical cut. I watched the unrated cut on Blu-ray. I've got the original steelbook that came out when it first came out. I like this film. I've always liked it. Um, I like the cast. Um, I like Joe Johnson as a director. I think that's well known. Um, the Rocketeer is still my favourite superhero movie. Um, I don't think he's a great director. Like, one of the greatest directors of all time. Enjoying is here officially. Um... Yeah, but it's um, it's got its flaws. I mean, going into more... I mean, I always viewed it as Rick Baker was screwed over, and it's one of the things like the Thing prequel where they used um, CGI over the top of Rick Baker's stuff, but it turns out that Rick Baker came on sort of late, and they wanted to use CGI because it was cheaper and faster, because they changed directors so much, and it was um, a bit of a mess. Um, Joe Johnson came on very late, Um so I get that now. I get that they could only do what they could do and it wasn't perfect, but it, it I think it works on the whole. I don't think it's great. Um, I hate that. Trying to redo the Universal Monsters. Obviously, we had the 
the nineties stuff with Frankenstein, um uh, or Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Wolf, um the Sony ones. Um, which I quite like all of those for different reasons. I think Wolf's the weakest of them. I've got the um, indicator release of Wolf. Um, it's fine. It's not a great film or t- technically even really a good film in a lot of ways, but it's fine. Um, Grand Stoker's Dracula is a masterpiece, um, despite acting issues and a few other bits and bobs. Um, the... Um, yeah, I mean, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein I haven't seen in a long time, probably since it first came out, to be honest. So that's the one I've seen the least. I know Arrow have put out that release in 4K, and I do mean to pick it up. Um, when I was between jobs when I started the podcast, obviously money was not really free-flowing, so I didn't have a lot. So I did look at it the other day, actually, um, to see if I could pick it up. And I might still do it when they have offers on, because there's always offers on Arrow stuff now, especially the stuff that doesn't sell. I don't think that one's selling that well. Um, but then you had things like, um, like the dark universe, obviously more recently, which didn't work with the mummy. I like the mummy. It's got issues. Um, but then you had things like the Wolfman and the same era with Dracula and told and things like this. I obviously, um, they tried in 1999 with the mummy films. Um, and now we've got, well, Lee Wanell was going to actually take it all off with invisible man, wasn't he? And it was amazing. I love that film so much. And, I think it's all fallen apart, which is kind of a shame because it was really good. Um, I then watched Carriers, um, the zombie sort of film with Chris Pine. Um, that's all right. It's it's kind of a non-entity. I sat there and watched it and I quite enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't very good either. It was just fine. Um, it clipped along. And the thing with me at the moment is I'm really looking for films to watch around an hour and a half or less. Because, and you'll notice this in what I'm watching. Because I haven't got the time. I've not got the time. I'm in bed by sort of half seven, eight o'clock. So I'm getting up at three, four in the morning. Um, I haven't got the time to be watching stuff um, that's long or not at all. To be honest, I'd prefer not to watch anything um, and just sleep more. But... In the time, I kind of want to do stuff for the podcast and I kind of want to watch things because it's Halloween. Um, but that was all right. It was effective. Um, you can tell it was like cheaply made. It reminded me of that J.J. Abrams film. Was it J.J. Abrams who wrote it? Roadkill? I think he had something to do with it. He might have written it um, with Paul Walker. Um, it, it's okay. It's all right, Carriers. It's funny. If you haven't seen it, I think it's worth a, a watch. I think I've watched it on Netflix. Um I then watched Priest, the um, Paul Bettany movie um, from the director, what was it, Scott Stewart, who did, what did he do? He did Legion. Um, It was kind of like a sequel. I thought I owned Legion. I thought I owned both of them in a steelbook. Um, I've definitely got the pre-steelbook because that's what I watched. Um, But weirdly, I saw Priest in the cinema. I think I saw it in 3D um, because it was called Priest 3D, obviously, like everything was at the time. And I remember quite liking it. I know it's under an hour and a half, and I thought there was issues with it or whatever else. Um, watch it again now. Oh, you got... Oh, my God. I've been yawning all morning, and it kicks in now. Um, Maggie Q, um, Paul Bettany, and Carl Urban, and um, Lily Collins, who I wouldn't have known then, obviously, who she was, because it's before she sort of got bigger. Um, I genuinely was entertained and enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it's good, but it's fun. Um it's pretty well directed. The action's well staged. Um, yeah, it's got that weird sort of look. I don't like the CGI vampires. They're kind of weird. Um, but it was a good, fun little 
bad film, if you know what I mean, but not bad. I've watched a lot worse than I have watched that. Um, but it's it's it was fun. Um, if you haven't seen Priest or it's been something that, you know, you haven't seen since it came out, when did it come out? 2010? 2011. It's all right. Um, yeah. Um, I think I got the 2D steelbook. I don't got the 3D version anywhere. And my only my bedroom TV has got 3D and my PC monitor. So it's not something I watch a lot anyway. Because um, I haven't got um, a drive, obviously, because I've got a modern laptop. So... There's no way I could put a disc in it. I'd have to rip it on an older laptop or put my PC back together or, like, download a 3D version and be able to watch it on my um, um, PC monitor, um, which is, like, a passive one. I've got an active Sony 4K in the bedroom, which is my old, like, main TV. Um, it was so old, it had HDR patched onto it in an update because it didn't have HDR at the time. Um, next, I watched Clerks 3. Um, people who know me know I'm a massive Kevin Smith fan. Always have been. Always love Kevin Smith stuff. Um, I didn't like this, like almost at all. There are a few bits I liked, and Brian O'Harrelan has turned out to be a really good actor because he's really good in it. But I'm not going to go into spoilers. Um, there's two films that are quite recent on this list. I'm not going to spoil them at all. Um, I just thought it was a bad movie, and I really wish it wasn't. I've defended Kevin Smith. I like Jane Silent Bob um, reboot for its many many flaws um this just didn't work for me i mean it's not just the better thing um and i know it's partly a covid movie you can tell that in some bits but it it's it it lost the soul of clerks and i think clerks 2 is a very very good movie i need to call it a great movie i don't think it is i think clerks 1 is but it's a good movie, Clerks 2, and this is just not a good movie, and I'm so disappointed in it, because I really wanted to like it. I know I said to my brother, hey, look, Clerks. He's like, oh, I'm not interested. I'm like, yeah, but you love it. He goes, yeah, but uh, and he sort of pulled a face. And I'm like, come on, that's not fair. And then watching it, I'm like, yeah, I pulled a face too. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to go too much into it, because there's some stuff to spoil, but it's... I don't think it works. I think the pacing's off. I think the timing's off. I think Ryan Halloran is really good at acting in it. Um, I think some choices he made with some of the characters, especially from 2, um, are terrible. Like, literally terrible. I think he made such a mistake in the, um, the choices he made in the scripting, and it just doesn't work. Um, then I went to the cinema. Um, I managed to finish... I book things quite far in advance in the summer. I've got an Odeon Limitless um, thing, so I just book willy-nilly because it doesn't cost me anything. And there's a couple of things I couldn't go and see, which I got a little angry email going, hey, do you know how easy it is to cancel your booking? I'm like, yes, I know how easy it is. I just completely forgot that I booked to see... Um, I can't remember what it was. I think it was another old re-release. Um, but yeah, um, I finished about 20 minutes before this thing started, and it came up on my app. And it said, hey, this is starting soon. I went, oh, shit. So I got in the car, drove straight to the cinema. Well, I stopped Sainsbury's and got some, like, good few popcorn and some, like, Pepsi Max cherry. And I literally sat in my work uniform and watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. Now, this is weird because it looked quite busy on the app for, like, sold-out seating. And I sat right at the back, right in a weird position. And I really should have moved when I realised no one else was coming in because it was a really bad seat. Um, my knee, my bad... I've got a really bad knee on my right leg. And it locked up halfway through, and it made a crack so loud that people turned around. Um, now, 
I saw this on VHS, probably around 93, uh, 92 at the time. So I was 12, 13, and I watched it because it was a vampire movie, and I liked vampire movies, and it seemed quite cool. And I think I remember seeing the trailers for it or something like that. And obviously Luke Perry, based on Beverly Hills 90210 and stuff like this, and it seemed like it was going to be fun because um, we always watch trailers. That was the thing. I love trailers. I hate missing trailers at the cinema. Always watch them on VHS, and I can remember renting this because I had to talk my parents into letting me rent it because it was a 15. Um, and they really, really were not happy about it because my brother started having nightmares watching some something um, and like a couple of years before. So they didn't really want us. There was a time where we could rent anything, anything 18 related, anything at all. You know, they didn't care, but they certainly got protective out of nowhere. And I would have been 12, 13. So I wouldn't have been far off the age anyway. Um, and I remember watching it and liking it. I uh, think of Pee Wee Herman, well, Paul Rubens was like really funny and it was a really good laugh and it's well worth watching. And um, yeah, for some reason, um, they, it's, um, it just didn't work. For some reason, no one was interested in it. It didn't really work. No one cared. Um, and it, it really struck me as a bit of a shame because I thought it had its moments and it was quite fun. Um, I didn't know at the time any history on it, obviously, because no one knew any history on it. Um, I just thought it was a cool little movie and I quite enjoyed it. Then, obviously, um, Joss Whedon, um, Captain Cancelled, as he is right now, um, quite rightfully so, by the sounds of it. Um, he basically, you know, through the production company who actually made it and the producers who made it and the director... Um, he taught them into letting write TV series. Now, his original script has changed quite a bit. He whinges about this. He whinges about Donald Sutherland not doing his lines and the fact he was combative, but he actually was quite good. So it's like, yeah, okay, right, just whinging. Um, so I watched TV series, loved it, and I went back to watch the movie, and I remember not loving it um, because obviously the TV show is better. But I watched it again recently before the cinema release. Um, and... I quite like it. It's fine. I think the music, um, even though who did the music? It's someone quite famous now. Um, is this going to load for me? Yes, it is. Um, bum, 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 bum. Right, not writing credits. We want original music by Carter Burwell. <laughs> I mean, who did like Mither's Crossing? I'm British. Yeah, Mither's Crossing, Three Billboards, Fargo. An amazing composer. But it just doesn't work. The score is not very good um i don't think that's necessarily his fault um it just doesn't work in the slightest it's terrible but more of it is the editing i bet it's a famous editor as well now oh there are two editors um who oh one did the lookout going back to last week um that's interesting and the other one did um quite a lot of indie stuff um yeah, the editing doesn't work. The pacing doesn't work at all. It's completely thrown off. I know there's lots of edits, obviously. Um, but then it's the music and it, nothing really lands. I think Paul Rubens is great. I think Rutger Hauer is having a lot of fun. Kirsty Swanson is actually really... She, I think she's a better actress than Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'll say that. Um, I don't think SMG is bad. I just think she's as good an actress as Kirsty Swanson. Luke Perry's very good in it. David Arquette's fun. Um, my brother, before I was watching it, I'm a message him saying, hey, look, I'm seeing this. This is cool. And he said, the only thing to remember is um, <clears throat> Paul Rubens right at the end before he, he dies. Um, 
he's saying like we're immortal we can do anything Kirsty Swanson says yeah clap because he's only got one hand and it's quite a good line but I was laughing at the jokes because I like the jokes in it I think it's funny um and I like Pee Wee Herman oh, I keep calling Pee Wee Paul Rubens in it um and I think he's really good um and he hams it up obviously improvised his death scene and all this other stuff and most of the stuff by the looks of it and he called back to the character in what we do in the shadows the vampire council he's that character from Buffy um I think it's great. I think it's got flaws, but no one else in that cinema, they've either just seen the, the TV show and hadn't seen the movie, judged by the age of most of them. Um, I think it was like a couple of girls who are in their probably teens, 20s, a couple who are about the same, and an older couple who just sat down the front who brought in like massive backpacks and like thermoses. It was really strange. Um, but no one laughed. No one made a noise the whole way through the film. It's just me laughing at the jokes. Um, which was really weird. Um, but I know most of it off by heart because I've seen it quite recently. And I used to read to it all the time with VHS. And once I do that, I get lines in my head quite easily. But I liked it. I think it was fun. It was worth seeing. Um, next one is a very recent film, Halloween Ends. Um, I didn't go to the cinema and saw it, see it. I saw it digitally. Um, I saw Kills digitally as well because I went to see it. I walked into the cinema very late at night. I was exhausted, sat down, and it was packed with teenagers. They're throwing popcorn around. They were rowdy, and I'm not American. I can't do that. I've got to sit down, nice, quiet cinema, and watch a film. So I went home, downloaded it from the Peacock stream, and watched it on that. Um, this I watched digitally because, again, don't have time. I don't have time to go and see this stuff, but I wanted to avoid spoilers. Um, I'm going to voice spoil this for you guys. I'm just going to say ran about um, kills. I didn't hate. I think that it was flawed. I think too many of this one and kills took too much time away from Michael and this one, especially away from Michael and Laurie. Um, that was their story. This trilogy is meant to be their story. The first one was great and it seems like a fluke. I think kills isn't terrible. I think the hospital stuff is a good idea because it's basically Halloween 2. It's Laurie in hospital, but it doesn't really work. Um, and it's a bit too sensational. There's better kills in that. There's barely any kills in this. There's like two that are really good, um, that are memorable to me. But it seems like a remake of the, I think you call it the Thrawn trilogy. I know I went to the Halloween stuff last week with the ranking Halloweens. Um, I'd rank this... Um, a lot lower um i don't have my ranking in front of me um i'd rank it above kills um wherever kills was in the list i think it's better because it tells about a story i think the acting's very good um i think the chap um he was in texas chainsaw massacre remake wasn't he what was his name rowan campbell he was great um i just think it was like deeply flawed i don't get the character motivations i don't get why they did the things they did um I think that the whole angle they go with it um, doesn't work. But I will say the opening is absolutely stunning. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. It's scary. It's tense. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking. And Komodo said the same thing. It's like the opening's really good. The opening grabs your attention and smacks you in the face. It's fantastic. Um, and then um, it just kind of falls apart for about an hour. And then the last bit is a Halloween movie. Like the end of it's a Halloween movie. And I just don't think it works. Um, I don't think this trilogy is terrible. I only own the first one on 4K. I will pick up the other two. in like a Whenever I get a 3 for 30 deal, which is how I said to buy them out. And it's, oh my God, like a limited release or at least I have to have. Um, 
I tend to wait now for like a deal. Um, normally a three for 30 or if they're really good movies, like a two for 30. Um, this will be a filler one. Um, same with kills. So it'd be like, I've got two. I can't pick another one. I'll get kills or ends. Um, I don't think they're bad. I think a lot of these horror sequels are shocking. So it's good that this one isn't. Um, however, it's just not good. It's not good enough. Considering the first one seems like a fluke now. And I'm really worried about his Exorcist trilogy that he's doing. I mean, worried is probably the wrong term, but I just don't think it's going to work. Because I don't think David Gordon Green and... Um, oh, what's his name? Danny... Oh, God, he's Van Damme, man. Oh, God, what's his name? Um, um, God, what's his name? Can I load it up? Danny McBride. Um... I don't think it really works. Um, but I'm, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. Um, it's It's got its moments. It's just not very good. Um, the last thing I watched, um, which is three days ago, which shows how little I'm watching stuff, um, so let me watch a movie a night if I can, um, is The Black Phone, which is Scott Derrickson's new movie. Now, I like Scott Derrickson a lot. Um, I know he's been hit and miss for a lot of people. Um, I get that. Um we go to his filmography now as a director. So, um, Hellraiser Inferno, I've not seen because I don't watch the late Hellraiser movies. I probably should at one point. Last Exodus Memory Rose, I haven't seen. This is not going well so far. Dear the Earth, still remake I've not seen. Sinister, I love. I think it's one of the greater horror movies of recent times. Um, it is fantastic. And I watched that last Halloween again. Um, Zero's from Evil, I watched last Halloween. It's okay. It's not terrible. I think the cop procedural part of it doesn't really work, but it's kind of neat in a weird way. Doctor Strange, I love. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies. Um, it's a shame he didn't do the sequel, but I'm a big Raimi fan, so I like the sequel anyway. Um, and then The Black Phone. Now, The Black Phone was by, written by... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Robert, uh, see Robert Cargill, who used to work um, write for Ain't Cool News, I'm pretty sure. And it's based on Joe Hill's short story. And Joe Hill, I think, isn't he Stephen King's son, I want to say? Uh, correct if I'm wrong. Um, it's about um, Ethan Hawke, who plays the grabber, um, who's um, kidnapping kids and killing, him, killing them, or making them disappear, at least. Um, and this one kid who gets um, kidnapped... Um, played by Mason Thames, Thames um, called Finney, who gets kidnapped by the grabber. And there's a black phone in the basement he's kept in. And it's not connected to anything, but it rings. And on the end of the phone are the voices of the previous victims of the grabber who are trying to prepare him to beat the grabber and escape. And it's spooky, it's scary, it's creepy, it's well made. And I think it's fantastic. Um heartily recommend it. It came out last year. I missed it in the cinemas. Um, but I would heartily recommend going to see it. I think it's great. I don't know why I waited this long to watch it, to be honest, because I thought it was really, really good. And I like Scott Derrickson. I like Ethan Hawke as well. I think he should be in more stuff. He was obviously in Sinister. And I think he does Creepy quite well. Um, considering, you know, in the Beyond movies and things like that, he's actually kind of um a little bit more nuanced and sort of things like um oh what's it called um reality bites and stuff he was like that pretty boy thing i think he's gone completely the other way and he's actually 
like a genuine acting talent and i think he should really be recognized for it and i don't think he is necessarily i think still people really don't see him as that they just see him as like pretty boy ethan hawk you know or the guy that was married to uma herman uma thurman yeah maya hawk's dad um but yeah i really liked it i think it's definitely worth watching put it on your horror rotation if you haven't seen it it's very good um, so we're going to a little bit of news. There's not a lot. I've had a quick look through um, over since the last one, and I've kind of blurred together what I talked about last time. So I'll touch on a few things that stood out to me more than anything else. Um, let's have a look. So um, there's been a bit of a few problems, apparently, with um, Shout Factory and quality control. I know, shocking. Because um, it was on... Let's have a look. I think there's some sync issues with one of their discs, and I can't remember which one it was. Halloween H2O, I think it is. Um, H20. I said last time you should never call it that. What an idiot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's out of sync. The 5.1 track's out of sync, which is... Which is just insane. Um, they, they are a joke. They really are. And they need to sort that out because why people give them money, I don't know. Um, apparently, there's something wrong with Fight, uh, Fright Night's audio. Um, apparently, there's something lost in the mix, um, which I don't I don't fully understand. Because I couldn't get hold of that disc because it was too expensive. I had to cancel the order because um, at the time, like starting one job and ending another job and, and whatever else. Um, I think the... The Atmos track is especially bad. Um, like the vocals are missing. I think it's in the club scene, from what I understand. Um, I don't know if it's on the 2.0 track as well, which is the one I'd listen to, um, which in theory should just be the latest track, but I don't know if it is because Sony have pulled some weird stuff with things like that recently, so I'm not sure. Um, I also need to pick up the re-release of Bram Stoker's Dracula because it, in theory, has the 2.0 track, which is world-beating. I know Spencer is one of the people that ranks it along with me. Um, I've got the Japanese Laserdisc of um, Bram Stoker's Dracula um, that I got from a Comic-Con. Um, and I need to pick that up because it's got the um, the original subtitles, which are gorgeous. I've got the original release, which doesn't have that. Um Next, we have um, Criterion's January releases, one of which I will be buying, even though I'm not the biggest Criterion fan in the world. Um, I will be buying The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh, my God. Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Bloody hell. It has terrible artwork, like I think most Criterion titles do, but I don't care because it's a 4K version of one of my favorite Gellingham films. I've got the Blu-ray. I've got the Japanese lace disc again. Again, port of that same Comic-Con. Um yeah, it's um, got a brand new 4K restoration of the film. Unfortunately, and the same with all Gillingham films, I think Fish King, same, Jabberwock is the same. I've got the criterions of those and the latest discs of those as well. Um, well, not Jabberwock, sorry, of just um, Fish King. I've got the UK power release of Fish King and I've got the criterion as well. Um, this has a 5.1 surround track, so it's not got the original 2.0 mix, which is really weird. I don't know why Gillingham does that. Um, so it's a bit strange. It also seems to be missing the Criterion Laserdisc commentary track, which is, again, really weird. But apart from, obviously, the new restoration and the, um, the HDR-DV presentation, there's nothing new on it, really, apart from 
a video essay, it's a bit of a shame. I mean, I'll buy it no matter what because it's Baron Munchausen. And I think it's an absolute masterpiece. It's massively flawed. I keep saying this today. But it is a masterpiece. That's the one I'd pick up um, hands down. They're also releasing Bergman Island, Imitation of Life. It's not a burial, it's a resurrection. And Lars von Trier's um, Europe trilogy, none of which I have any interest in, to be honest. Um, we have Rain Man coming from MVD Marquee Collection, their first 4K release. Now, they said they're releasing two more MGM 80s classics. Um, looking at the list just now, the only two I can think of would probably be Overboard and maybe Diner, because they've licensed those out before. And I think they'll be the ones they're doing. A thing with this is, and the same with other MGM titles, is MGM is still not spending money. I know Warner Brothers are starting to um, distribute their older titles. I know they've started appearing in American stores with Warner Brothers logos on. But um, for some reason, things like this and what was the other one? Oh, Great Escape, the Criterion put out. Are there old 4K masters that were streaming? I've got Rain Man on Apple TV. I don't like Apple stuff. Their stuff always goes on sale. I think I got it for $1.99. Um, I watch it on my Fire TV 4K. It's an SDR. Same as Great Escape. I've got that as well. So this is an SDR 4K disc. Now, I don't have a problem with SDR stuff at all. Um, I think HDR can ruin a movie if it's done badly, especially for catalogue titles. So I, I don't hate that. What I'm a bit disappointed about is it's the same old... 4K master, it's prepared for Blu-ray. There's nothing new about it. There's no new extras. However, it's a great film that I watch quite a lot, actually, weirdly. I mean, yes, it's got troubling um, depictions of autism and things like this. Um, it's not exactly true to life, but I think Cruz is absolutely fantastic in this. I think he's um, <clears throat> a great actor that really needs who recognise as such. Obviously, he's like a quintessential movie star, but I think he's also a great actor. Um, I like Rain Man a lot. I'll pick it up, probably, um, if it goes cheap or someone in the UK puts it out. I wonder, though, if it's going to be like someone in the UK, someone like Arrow or someone like that would probably do their own master and transfer. So I wonder if you would get an HDR version. I wonder if it's one of those things that would flip. Like, no one's put out... Um, the 4k great escape in the uk as far as i'm aware um and the same with this uh, there's nothing announced obviously um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from here and what mgm supplies them because they're only being stuck obviously what mgm give them and nothing else um taking pen one two three from kino i think i talked about last week i'm not entirely sure so i apologize for repeating myself it's one of my favorite movies i will definitely buy that um it's it's got decent new bits it's got new extras and stuff on it and obviously kino know what they're doing and it's an mgm thing with hdr which is good with a fresh scan so this i think it's a cost thing i think mgm are willing to do more if they pay more so if maybe criterion went to them and said hey look we want to scan it again we'll pay for it they would have done it but i don't know if it's always cost effective to do these things um, Italian job as well um, from Kino. Again, not sure if I touched on this last time. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, I'm desperate to see a decent version of this. At the moment, I only really watch the Laserdisc because it's the only good version that I own. Uh, I've got the PAL Laserdisc. It's one of, I used to say it's one of the best Laserdiscs I owned for picture quality. I think it's really good looking. Um, 
It's also obviously mono, which is the way it should be. Um, the Blu-ray that came out in from Paramount, which was paid for by Sky. Sky paid for that and Zulu and smothered them in DNR. I think because of they bought them for streaming rights, or streaming rights, like satellite TV rights, obviously. And they paid for the restorations for that. And because of compression, bandwidth, all this other stuff, I think they smoothed it out for that. And they look terrible. I've got the Blu-ray. I think it looks shocking. I don't want to watch it. It's ugly as crap. Kino won't do that. Kino will either go back and scan it again, or they'll just get an un tampered master i know streaming i can't remember what it was on um it was on one of the streaming um things somewhere i think it's amazon let's have a look on amazon prime the italian job see i'm one of these people who actually like the remake i think it's really good um yeah so it's not streaming on prime at the moment but it was on prime it's now on paramount plus obviously um it was an unmolested ma- unmolested master um, it definitely, definitely wasn't um, a new like state-of-the-art scan, but it seemed like the old version without DNR. So that does exist somewhere, and it looked pretty damn good, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it's one of my favourite movies of all time. Like I say, I like the remake. I really do. I think it's actually quite good. Um, I'd buy a 4K of that in a heartbeat. I've got the streaming version, I'm pretty sure, on Apple TV pretty sure um i think it's good it's, it's a good fun little flick um so we're going to carry on the spooky season thing i was trying to think of a way to um like continue something or have a main topic for this episode and because i am exhausted and i haven't had much time um lists are kind of easy so i hope people don't mind the lists um i think lists are quite good and it becomes a twitter thing where film twitter always goes on about lists or rank this over this and whatever else and Obviously, people like it somewhere, so, you know, shout at me if you don't like it. Um, let me know in comments on YouTube or on Patreon or whatever else, um, whether you think it's um, a good slash bad thing or whatever else. Um, but we're going to rank the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Now, I think this series is probably the best for quality out of all the horror franchises by a long way. Um because they've all got little bits. I think the makeup on the whole is always really good. Or like the ideas are really good. It's going to be a controversial, by God, ranking. I think because a lot of people have very staunch set things for these movies. And mine won't match at all. I guarantee. So, I mean, going back to my history with the franchise. Um, I rented the first one on VHS, I'm pretty sure. Um, again, my parents would let us rent anything. Um, I remember going to a local video shop when tiny, like really, really young. So probably about five, six, seven. Um, and in the window was the Graham Humphreys art for Freddy's Revenge with the school bus. I loved that. I just, I remember seeing it be fascinated by it. And I remember it to this day. My childhood's kind of gone through lots of head injuries from car crashes and bike crashes and stuff. So I <clears throat> I remember bits here and there, um, and yeah, for some reason that sticks in my head. I remember seeing that in the window vividly. Um, the building's not there anymore. Um, I used to work over the road from it actually recently, um, and you stare over thinking, God, I remember when that was a video shop. Um, so I remember that I saw um, Freddy's uh, no Wes Craven's new nightmare, which was. At the time of fit, this happened a lot in the 90s. There was a couple of films. It was Starship Troopers, um, 
Wes Craven's new nightmare, and I can't remember the other one. Um, something else that were 15 in the cinema and that graded to an 18 on home video. It was really strange. Um, and Wes Craven's new nightmare was one of them. So 1994, it had been 14. Um, and me and my friends went to see it in the cinema. I was again, like I said before, um, the arbiter of what we saw in the cinemas. Um, it was a big blockbuster. We all saw them anyway. Um, but we all went as a group. Some were underage. Some were, well, I was underage as well for a 15. And we went in, we sat down and we loved it. Um, and Freddy vs. Jason, I saw in the cinema, obviously. And the remake I saw in the cinema as well. I think it's around my... Th- 30th birthday it's normal yeah somewhere around there i think it's released um so i've always sort of rented them on vhs or seen them on tv um and i've always liked the idea of freddy um obviously he became sort of a joke as it went on um but we'll start the list with what i think is the worst one um by a long way which is going to surprise some people i think um i think nightmare on elm street for uh, five the dream child it just doesn't work. I I think it, it's I like Stephen Hopkins as director. I think he's I, I've talked about this before. Putting his one at the end sort of kills me because I think it's I don't know what it is about it. I just think it's too ambitious and it feels cheap. Um, I think the sets look bad. I think the lighting's bad. I don't think Hopkins is his best there by a long way. Um, I don't think it works. I think I think when you explain these villains. It makes it, it makes them less scary. You give them a backstory and justify their actions. It's even worse. I'd rather not know, you know, like the shark from Jaws was protecting its young. Oh, it's a victim. You know, no, I just want it to be scary and it doesn't really work. Um, I'm not sure what it is about the dream child. It just, it's kind of weird. And putting this bottom when people would obviously rank some other stuff well below, um, I I don't know what it is about it. I just don't think it has. I don't think it has anything clever going on. There's nothing about it that stands out and says, "Hey, look at me! I've got some good ideas." Um, whereas I think some other ones actually do have some good ideas. Um, but I mean, it's a shame that you know it was cut as well. Um, um, there are some good ideas. I think the best good idea is the is the bike. Yeah, the bike that sort of goes into one character's name, Dan. Sort of leeches into him. Um, that's really good. And it was completely cut in the UK and the US. Well, not completely cut, but a lot of it was cut. Um, and then it was uncut on VHS and Laserdisc, which was really weird. Um, but the only way to get it is obviously um, in... Um, oh, like sd and four by three so it's a shame that's why i hate about these warner brothers going sidetracking a little bit um the warner brothers releases on blu-ray i own the blu-ray sets the masters aren't very good it needs to remaster on all of them i've got the original canadian version of a nightmare on elm street as well that's got the sync issue um and i've got the box set version because why not um but yeah they they haven't got any extras and not unrated they should all be unrated they should really put time and money into a really good like Blade Runner style set with all the versions and extras and stuff, but they just didn't bother like two movies on one disc. It's crap. Um, Next we have Freddy versus Jason. Now the only reason this is ranked above the dream child is because Ronnie, Yu gives it some neat little touches. Um, 
it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie. Um, in fact, I remember liking it in the cinema and hating it when I watched it, I think, last year, the year before. Like, really hating it. I think it's really bad. I think Dream Child's only ranked lower for me because the expectations of Stephen Hopkins and the ideas behind it, and it just lets it down because it's not as interesting. Because um, it could have been better. Whereas Freddy vs. Uh, Jason just is what it is. It's It's generic i mean it's a film starring kelly kelly Rowland, you know from destiny's child i mean it's weird i know there's some controversy about um oh, i can't remember the actress's name but she's the one from ginger snaps um what is her name oh i can't remember her name um it's not going to come up there should be a controversy thing on um wikipedia about it but there isn't but she said that there was told there'd be no nudity and there's a shower scene and Ronnie Yu was like quite pushy or something like that and it, that makes makes me feel uneasy. Um, it's got some good ideas. Um, I like some of the visuals in it. That's more what I like. I think it's a better looking movie than The Dream Child. Um, I just think it's less ambitious, you know. But it's it's a better looking movie that didn't disappoint me. It was what it was. Whereas Five disappointed me because I like Stephen Hopkins so much. Um, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, that's the problem with that movie. There's not much to say about it. Um, it just, it's all right. Um, next, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Um, yeah, a lot of people put this lower. I think it's actually quite ambitious and quite visually interesting. I think the cast is quite good. Um, and the whole thing about, oh, they made Freddy a pedophile. Well, apparently it was meant to be a pedophile in the original, but they crawled that back a little bit because they didn't want to go too far. Um, just killing children, I suppose, is bad enough that the whole repressed thing with Nancy is kind of interesting. I think the young cast who have gone on to like bigger and better things by a long way are very good. I think visually it's stunning, like absolutely stunning. Yes, it falls apart. Yes, it's a bad remake of the first one because you can't really remake remake a film like that. And I hate that all the versions of Freddy from now on T-shirts and in like games and stuff is all the um the new version of freddy from that um played by oh god what's his name the guy from watchmen it was in my head literally 10 seconds ago where are you jackie o'haley um but rooney mara is fantastic in it i think kate Casty's quite good um yeah most of these people have gone on to like bigger better things um and i like the whole sort of burn victim look on freddy i think that the um the cg added actually quite looked really good so like the thinness in like the skin because he'd been burnt i think there were some good ideas in it um but it's so visually interesting and the whole thing about micro naps and stuff like that it really works quite well um i know most people put this lower um i just kind of like the way it looks and i think it's ambitious because they tried to do something new and just didn't do a shot for shot remake People obviously get funny about the fact that it's um, a Platinum Dunes remake. So it's a Michael Bay did it. No, he didn't. He just produced it. He just sort of fronted the money for his production company. But that's how that works. Um, I like it. It's not good, but I like it. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I think that it's deeply flawed, but genuinely interesting and genuinely good um, in some ways, especially visually. Um Next, we have Rennie Harlan's Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. 
again shocking more people this is as high as it is um it's it's got more going on for it i think i think that the ideas the kills the effects are very very good um and it's it's got a lot of interesting visual stuff going on um and yeah it's okay it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination um this is when freddie became more of like a like a cultural icon so you had like the soundtrack you had the fat boys um video music video like billy idol was on it i think and some other people as well um it became more of like a marketing thing uh, more than anything else this is when they're pumping them out like pretty much every year um i need to watch the um the um oh what was it called the documentary i've got the german blu-ray of the documentary um what is the documentary called never sleep again great documentary well worth watching it's like 17 hours long but it's fantastic it goes into every single one of them really in depth um yeah i think dream has got a lot a lot more interesting ideas good kills um i think rennie harlan obviously used to be like one of the biggest directors in the world and then sort of fell off massively um it's a shame that they recast patricia Arquette. i think it would have gone quite well if she had come back um for nightmare 3 um but it it, it tuesday night's all right i just think that it kind of cheapens it a little bit especially watching back to back if you watch them in the cinema and you weren't that into it and you're just watching them like in 1987 i want to say this was 1988 you wouldn't have known much difference you would be like oh it's the blonde girl from that it's the same character um unless you're right really up on who patricia arquette was at the time um i just think it's visually interesting i think it's got some great ideas brian helgeland wrote the screenplay and i like brian helgeland um it's got some interesting kills and some interesting visual tweaks that just hold it above the rest um i think it's a better paced film as well um it's yeah it's 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 flawed i mean all the sequels are flawed in different ways um i think there are some more interesting things going on apart from like i mean like i say it's the beginning of the silliness in a way because it's like the whole freddy on the beach thing i mean that is a good kill i personally think i think the whole um you know the whole idea around like the school sort of setting um kind of works really well i think it's um more interesting with things like you know the cockroach and things like that i think it does more with the kids um and then being at school because the first one didn't really do much with the school setting i think this does a lot more and the makeup effects are really cool um and really visually i keep saying visually interesting i'm really tired in case you hadn't noticed um or i mentioned it fifty thousand times um obviously got like the writhing souls in freddy's body and stuff like that um I think it's, yeah, I think it's more, it does more interesting stuff. Like the Jaws parody silly and the beach thing silly and Freddie putting on sunglasses on the beach is silly. It sort of robs him of his horror, but I still think it's genuinely creepy in some ways. Um, and obviously a dog pissing fire on Freddie to bring him back. Why not? You know, I mean, it's as good a reason as any. So next in the list, 
And this is one that surprised people. Again, it's quite high. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I like Rachel Talley. I like the stuff she's directed. Um, always have. I like Tank Girl. I like the stuff she's done with Doctor Who. I think she's a good director and should be doing more features. It's a shame she isn't. Um, I think this suffers because Mike DeLuca wrote it. And Mike DeLuca wrote it because he wanted his franchise to be the biggest thing in the world. And it it works and it doesn't. I mean, it had the gimmick of 3D at the time. I can remember when the kids at school bringing in some 3D glasses because somehow he got in to see it. I mean, I would have been 11 when it came out and he would have been around 12 and he somehow got into an 18 rated movie and saw it unless he got the glasses from someone else. Um, I've never seen it in 3D. They never released it on 3D Blu-ray. It's a shame, again, the Blu-rays were lackluster and didn't have things like the 3D versions on it. That would have been great. I mean, that would be so cool to watch, but they'd never bothered. Um, I think it's got good ideas. I think the problem with it is the lighting. Whether it's just a Blu-ray or it's always been like this, is it's very brightly lit um, and kind of plain looking. I think it should have been more dark and creepy, and it isn't. And I like... And Freddy is very cartoony in it. I mean, they do the whole Wizard of Oz thing at the beginning and the whole Roadrunner thing and everything else. But I think it's got cool ideas. Um, and again, the kills are inventive to the point of being silly. Obviously, Johnny Depp coming back um, for the um, whole anti-drugs PSA thing, which is interesting with Johnny Depp. Um, yeah, all right. You've got the cameos and everything else because everyone wanted to come back for like Freddy's final nightmare and all this other stuff. Um which it obviously wasn't. They kind of made like four afterwards. Um, it it's it's interesting. I wish I'd seen it in 3D at the time. I'd wish I'd been old enough to like see it and everything else. Um, it's the least violent um, by a long way. Um, I know it was like severely edited. I think that was like more New Line getting involved and taking stuff out. Um, mainly because they want to see Freddy more than anything else. I mean, otherwise it's a big long setup. And nothing sort of pays off. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it is flawed. Yes, it's a not a good movie. But I like the direction. I like the pacing in it. I think it gets moving quite well. The whole 3D thing's kind of interesting. The whole plot around Freddy's daughter and all this other stuff. Bit hackneyed, a bit predictable. But I think it works. I think it's quite a good idea in a lot of ways. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things that I've always liked it. Um, I really I've been keen to pick up the VHS, like the rental VHS. You can see them on eBay every now and again. They still come with like the couple of pairs of 3D glasses. Um, I haven't got a working VHS player. I'm actually looking at a couple on eBay and locally on Facebook. So see if I can pick one up to actually watch stuff like this that's trapped on a format. Because I'm pretty sure the Laserdisc. Let's have a look. I'm pretty sure Lazdis didn't have any access to it. I think it was VHS only, which is really annoying because I'd rather see it, obviously, in the best quality. The best quality then would have been that. Um, I think... Now, I never bought the DVD box set, especially the cool American one, because in the UK we didn't get that. The one with, like, the cool image of Freddy on the spine. Um, we never got that. Um... We only got the the basic version from Entertainment Video, and it was absolute garbage. Let's have a look. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Do, do, do. Experience for... Oh, it is 3D. 3D Freddy Vision. Okay, so I should just maybe buy the Laserdisc then. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, let's have a look on eBay, see if there's any around. Because, yeah, I, I never saw it in 3D. Um, 
for some reason, it just never was thinking, oh, it's pan and scan. Ah, why is my life so bad? There's an Australian version. Um, looks like just an import. Right, there is no widescreen version anywhere. That sucks. Right, laser disc. Freddy's dead. Freddy. Do, 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 do. As a German one for 250 quid. I ain't paying that shit. There you go, VHS look. X-Rental 3D, £8. If that comes with the 3D glasses. It comes with 3D glasses for 8 quid. I mean, hello. Um, another one there for 4 99 Oh, no, that's the retail version, which I actually had, that retail Guild Home Video version with the Guild Home Video logo. I love that thing. Um, yeah, it's one I bought on VHS, people. Um, see, there's not many listings. Maybe it is quite rare, then. I don't know. I've never really looked at the Elm Street Lace Discs. Um, Elm Street... Six. I spelt street wrong because apparently I'm that good at typing. Um, Elm Street six. No, no, no. I'm not seeing anything at all. Interesting. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, one day I will pick it up for watch 3D versions and things like that. 132 quid for the PAL uncut latest for the first one. No, it's not worth that much. It really isn't. Um, yeah, that's really weird. Um, but yeah, so I really want a nice version that has all the uncut releases. I want, you know, extras like the 3D versions in 3D. Um, one day they'll do it. Probably. I'm just not holding my breath because I think that Warner Brothers are cheap and they all just cheap out and not bother. Um, next we have in the list... West Graham's New Nightmare, the film that I saw in the cinema. I said Underage in 1994. The makeup on it is fantastic. I think that Wes Craven obviously takes his Scream meta thing um, well before Scream came out. Just a couple of years before Scream came out. Obviously, it'd been better if, weirdly, Wes Craven hadn't written it. If someone like a Ken Williamson or someone had done the meta thing um, a lot better because i don't think i think the problems are its script i think visually it's great i think that the whole opening the stuff like that is really interesting i think freddy's new look is great um i just think that you know it's it's generally creepy as well i think the script i say is the problem um it's just yeah it's just got issues here and there with, you know, the plotting and the script. I think the rest of it comes together really well. And it wasn't very well received at the time. People didn't really like it. Um, I mean, it's been reevaluated recently. Um, I know Roger Ebert really liked it, I think, at the time. I don't know if Siskel... Oh, Siskel didn't like it. Um, campy. Didn't find Freddy a particularly compelling villain. I thought he was creepy in it. I think he was genuinely, like, really creepy. The problem with it is it leans on kids in danger. And I don't think kids in danger really works. I think it's cheap. I think that 
you shouldn't really go that way. Um, I think it should all be about, you know, it should be about the scares and not the, the whole, you know, oh, it's a baby in danger, therefore it's really scary. That that doesn't work for me. I think it should be something creepy and something weird and something strange. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's really... really interesting what it does. I think the meta stuff obviously had never really been done before in that way. And it was an interesting way of doing it, bringing Freddy into real life and Whereas with his nightmares and stuff is really clever. Um, but it just holds itself from the top films on this list by the fact that it just doesn't do anything like interesting with the script for dialogue. I think dialogue is where it falls apart. I think the acting's really good. I think the direction's fantastic. The visual look of the film, the makeup's great. It's just the rest of it just kind of falls apart where he doesn't quite know what to do with his characters. Um, it's a shame because it could have been like top three and it just it just falls behind it. So we have three left, um, one of which most people will put at the bottom, but I don't. Um, in fact, my rule with trilogies, and I'm not necessarily calling this a trilogy, but it's, you know, if you've been paying attention of where we are on the list, there are three left. Um, and... Yeah, it's um, my view with trilogies is they get worse as they go along. So in quality order, it's always trilogy order. So Indiana Jones films, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best. The second best is Temple of Doom. The worst is Last Crusade. Controversial opinion, I know. And the only time it doesn't really hold is with the Star Wars trilogy because Empire is obviously the best. Um, then New Hope. I hate calling it New Hope. Um, Star Wars. And then... Return of the Jedi, you know, but most of them it holds where release order is quality order. Um, the other exception that I can think of the top of my head is Beverly Cop because the second one's the best one, the first one's second best, and then the third one's just garbage. So, yeah, what's the third best Nightmare on Elm Street film, Mike? Well, it's the third Nightmare on Elm Street film, Dream Warriors. It's great. Um, Chuck Russell, him of the mask and the blob. I mean, the blob's genuinely scary, so he knows how to make a scary film. Um, it's great. It's got some of the best kills in the series by a long way. Um, the kids are great. Like I say, Patricia Arquette's great. The cast is fantastic. Wes Craven came back to write the script, which he hadn't done since the first one. Um, you got Larry Fishbone, as he was then. Fishburne, sorry. Um, Han- Leather- Fuck me. Head. Heather Langenkamp, the first time she came back, and she was actually killed off in this movie. John Saxon. So it was a proper sequel to the first one. That's what I like about it. Um, Wes Crane back, back and basically sort of pushed it back into the way of like making it a proper Nightmare 2 because he didn't think Nightmare 2, I think, was an actual Nightmare 2. Um, I think he had a lot of ideas that actually came into New Nightmare from what I remember from the documentary. I think New Nightmare would have been this film if New Line had been ballsy enough at the time to let him do it. Um, I mean, this is the time Freddy started being more comical. Um, uh, Welcome to Primetime, bitch, and all that stuff. The kills are great, but then it's the little one-liners afterwards. You know, Freddy always had a bit of a sense of humour, let's say, and he always has little one-liners, especially in the first one. 
but this is where it became more comical and more silly. And I don't know if that came from Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont, because Frank Darabont wrote this as well. Because um, there's like four or five people involved in this script, um, which normally is a bad sign, but I think it works quite well, to be fair. Um, yeah, I don't, I've not got much to say about it, other than people normally rate it sort of second best. Um, I don't. I just think that the second best is the second film, Freddy's Revenge. Um, I, even at a young age, I mean, it came out in 1995 when I would have been five, and I saw it, I don't know, in the 90s maybe, early 90s, late 80s. Um, I knew it was a gay parable back then. I knew it was something about people not feeling right in their skin. Um, I don't know why. It just, it made sense to me back then. I don't know why this thing of like in the last 10, 15 years, it's suddenly a revelation that, you know, um, I've got to read that Screen Queen book that um, I can't remember his name. What's the actor's name? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Is it Mark Patton. Uh, where is it? Um, no. Yeah, Mark Patton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did he write the book or did someone else write the book? I need to be sure about this. Um, can't find it written anywhere. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole thing about it becoming like obviously a gay parable and things like this about him not sure he wants to go with this girl that finds him attractive, but is also want to be with his friend and the coach going to the um, the leather bar and stuff like this. I mean, obviously this is coming out like around the time of things like the gay panic and things like cruising and stuff like that. You know, it's it's that side type of time when. You know, the police academy movies were taking the piss out of, like, the Blue Oyster Bar and stuff like this, you know. The whole gay moral panic thing. But I think it does it actually quite weirdly subtly. Um, I think the makeup, the burnt witch, I think they call it, Freddy's makeup in it, is the best-looking Freddy. Like, hands down. The new nightmare comes second along to that. But the makeup in it is exceptionally good. Like, scarily good. But it seems like every time he gets anywhere near... Um, like a girl is when Freddy starts coming out because he's coming out and that's what I really like about it I think it's really like fascinating the way they do it um, it's yeah it's really quite clever it's really quite um, interesting and I'd wished it caught on to be honest because I think it's fantastic Um I think the pool party's really good. The whole fire stuff with it and everything else. Um, you've got um, Touch Me All Night Long by Fonda, Fonda Ray, is it? Fonda Ray? I think it's Fonda Ray, who was like sampled by like a late 90s, early 2000s dance track. And I remember when I watched it again around that time, I was like, oh my God, it's that song. That's really creepy and crazy. My God. Um, I think it's dark. I think it's evil. The Burnt Witch makeup is just amazing. I think it's creepy. It's dark and i think the bit where freddie literally comes out of him is fantastic where he kills his friend in his bedroom because it's getting you know gay thoughts so he's coming out you know it's really really well done i will defend freddie's revenge till my dying day i don't care if people hate it they put it as the worst um or really low in the list i think it's great and i will defend freddie's revenge forever um, I don't think it was one that was, like, censored that much. Um, see if I can get it on Wikipedia. I know most of them were. 
Um, oh, there you go. Screen Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. It wasn't a book. It was actually a documentary film. So I need to watch that. I can watch that quite easily. Um, I can't see anything about anything being cut from it. But I'm sure there were. All of them had cuts in quite big ways. Um for like violence and things like that but i i love freddy's revenge um dream warriors is technically a better film it's got a better script it's got a better cast but freddy's revenge is creepy scary it's got better makeup better kills i like the cast in it i like the acting as cheesy as it is but the effects and the makeup are just stunning and i think it's really 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 good and I think it's worth a reevaluation. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you're on the fence about it, or I haven't seen it in years, I think watch it again. Um, obviously, the best one is A Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen it in the cinema a couple of times on re-releases. Um, so I've got plenty of Blu-rays and DVDs of it. Um, I don't own Laserdisc. I think the only way to watch it uncut is VHS, correct me if I'm wrong, or one of the Laserdiscs. There's not much cut. It's mostly the splash when... Um, oh, God, what's her name? Oh, my God. Johnny Depp's girlfriend hits the bed from the ceiling. Um, bah, 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 bah. Can I find it anywhere? Probably not. Do, 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 do. Sentship. Here we go. Um, two cuts, granite and R rating. It doesn't say what was cut. But it was um, Tina. That's it, Tina. When she hits the bed, like the splash there, that that was cut because there was so much blood everywhere, and they couldn't they couldn't stand it. Um, it's a masterpiece. It's Wes Craven's. I don't know if it's his best. Yeah, it probably is his best movie. Actually, I'll go with that. It is his best movie. It's scary. It's creepy. Yeah, some effects are weird, but I've been watching YouTubers react to this recently because apparently it's on. They all react to the same things, um, and they've all been reacting to that. And the bit that I always thought was really cheesy, even as a kid, was when his arm extended in the alleyway. They're all creeped out, creeped out by it. And I still think it looks goofy as hell. Like you can see it's on strings and really weird looking, but they get creeped out by it. So it's obviously effective to someone somewhere, just not to me, obviously. But I think that's the only thing in it that doesn't work for me. I think it is near enough a perfect horror movie. Um, Wes Craven pushed things really far. From the shock stuff of things like Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, I don't like those movies, even though they only own the Arrow versions. I don't like rape exploitation movies. They just creep me out. I don't think it's entertainment at all. Um, he grew into a better director at this time and better writer. I think that the script works, which not always Craven films do. I mean, I still haven't watched My Soul to Take. It's been sitting on top of my um, um, PS4, mainly stopped the cat when she was a kitten getting behind. I've got a stack of Blu-rays because she kept getting behind the PS4 for some reason. Um, and it's been sitting there for ages. And I haven't watched it and I bought it the day it came out on Blu-ray. And I still haven't watched it, which is really strange. But for some reason, I just never got around to it. I don't know why. It's just something that's been sitting in my to-watch pile for years. But the most things I find with that is reviews saying that Wes Craven's script doesn't work. And I agree, he's not the best writer. He's not a terrible writer. He's a better writer than I am. But for some reason, it doesn't work. And I think it's down to his script. But this is a script that does work from Wes Craven. I think it's genuinely creepy, genuinely well plotted well acted well directed i think it's a his probably his best movie it is i mean he hasn't made many duffers in my view i think he's made some excellent excellent movies i mean 
People on the Stairs, I think, is one of his top movies. Um, Serpent the Rainbow, I like more than most people. I think it's absolutely great. Um, it's just a shame that he didn't get to do everything he wanted. I'd love to see the uncut version of Cursed, for example. We'll never see that, obviously, with the Weinsteins and all that shit. But yeah, Elm Street is the best one. You say they're all the trilogies. For me, normally, like the first one's the best one, the second one's the second best, third one's the third best. But they kept going. So even calling Dream Warriors the third best, that's not damning with faint praise. It's like, it's genuinely a good film. It's just, I don't think it's as good as 2 and the original. I think the original is a perfect movie. 2 resonates better for me. I think it's it's really dark, really creepy, and really messed up. Um, but it doesn't really... It didn't, res- it didn't catch on with people, and that's a shame, because I think it's genuinely good. And I think more people should really get into it. Um, so, yeah, there's my Elm Street ranking. Um, slightly shorter podcast um, today. I wanted to give more breathing room to like the ranking thing, but I seem to have gone through it pretty quickly. Um, hopefully I will be back next week. Um, he says this. I'm not going to make any promises, though. I can't because the way things are going, I always intend to do something. But I'd rather put on a movie at like, 7 8 p.m. when I get home and I'm exhausted, haven't worked for like 12 hours plus, then do a podcast because I wouldn't give my all. I'd be absolutely terrible and I don't want that. I don't think the, this is my best podcast, but I am, you know, more awake than normal and I am trying to give you guys the content and make it so it's actually worth listening to. So I hope you do enjoy and I hope you are still out there listening. Um, especially the patrons I do thank you guys I really do it does mean a lot that you are paying to support the content Um, anyone else who wants to pay um, obviously I can't guarantee a weekly release but I am going to definitely try and commit to having a weekly release hopefully I get a day off next week and I can commit to doing it I've booked in to see Black Adam in the cinema Um, I have no hype for it until I found out what the ending scene was and now I want to see that that's the only thing I want to see and maybe Pierce Brosnan hammer it up that'd be quite fun um so yeah hopefully i'll see you guys next week if not it'll be as soon as possible i'll try and update the patreon guys i've had really dodgy internet recently i've got no internet at all at work so i can't even update when i'm at work but i will try my best to keep this going and i thank you guys for listening and i'll see you again hopefully very soon